We've spoken about how much the film and television industry brings into our city on a yearly basis. Last year, John Tory said the TV and digital industry and Toronto film industry hit $2 billion in uh, 2016. And, you know, I, I've had uh, a back and forth with Lou Skeezes, who is, uh, of course, our uh, our financial guy on the show and on the John Oakley show, you know, and he doesn't love the fact that there's, you know, tax credits involved and he thinks we're losing money there. And we talk about all the ancillary uh, business and uh, and money that comes from the film industry. I completely disagree. And I'm so happy we have a healthy film industry. Uh, David Ray, my friend, went to Ryerson with me. I went to radio and TV. He went to the film and program there and he joins me in studio right now. How are you doing, Dave? That's good to be here. Thanks, Kelly. Wow, you're very mellow. <laughs> Dave, uh, you have a uh, it's kind of cool that we went to Ryerson because right around the corner, your new film is going to have a screening uh, tomorrow night. At, it's called The Grand Unified Theory, and it's going to be playing at Young Dundas Square at the Cineplex there. Tell me a little bit about uh, what it's like to have that film screen right around the you know corner from your alma mater. Um, it, it's really exciting to be here. Thank you for this. Um, yeah, it's like a dream come true. You know, you're making films and film school you're talking about, you're living it and just... The idea of getting actually into a theater, you think it's going to, you know, it's like a daunting dream. It's kind of the whole point. And um, I don't think anyone at film school can really tell you how to do that. And, you know, now that we're doing it, it's uh, um, it's awesome. It seems know? slightly overwhelming. <laughs> you seem overwhelmed. <laughs> tell me a little bit about Grand Unified Theory. What What is the plot line of that movie? It's about a family uh, just, you know, um, going off the rails. It's about kind of struggles and challenges. Like everyone in this family, I think pretty much everyone in the entire film has a major crisis of some sort. And it's about how they deal with it. And it's kind of done in a playful way. And, you know, as an independent filmmaker, we could kind of take risks that a lot of the big studios can't do. And we were just kind of trying to be really truthful about it, but at the same time having a lot of fun. It, I know uh, one of the characters is an astrophysicist, and you talk about the the lead in uh, the narrative at the beginning of the movie is all about astrophysics, right? <laughs> and so, like, how did you get into that? Because you wrote this film. Yeah, well, I've written a fair amount of science fiction, and you come across astrophysics physicists along the way, and they have some you know pretty interesting takes on life, and you know, uh, well, some of the theories and some of the the actual hard science of of what's going on out in this universe is pretty interesting. So, you know, like when you're trying to explain human behavior and, you know, people doing crazy stuff, we talk a lot about, we explain it through religion or we can explain it through, you know, uh, psychology, but we don't often talk about what we're made of and we're made of some pretty crazy stuff. And if, I don't know if anyone out there has ever, you know, done something that they're not quite sure why, it might be an interesting prism to look, you know. Th- How much of this film is autobiographical? Well, you know, you got to, I think all films are. I think every story that you tell is is autobiographical. So with this, I just kind of wanted to have, you know, be pretty straight up. So I went back to some of my own experience and just tried to mine it, you know. Like I ended up shooting it in a, you know, in my hometown. I ended up, you know, shooting part of it in my my folks' house, uh, you know. And it it was kind of a bizarre, you know, experience to be able to actually revisit, you know, some experiences and, and, and through and the just, eyes, I guess, of different characters. Yeah. Through different characters and recreate it. And um, did they, would they react to some of your experiences ah, in a different way, even though you're writing it? 
Is it a way to change the outcome of something <laughs> that you've done in the past? Is that what that is? Because I, I can, is. I got a couple of movies in me, baby. <laughs> it's alchemy. Yeah, um, yeah. Just uh, you know, not not always autobiographical, of course, but um, but the idea of just trying to be honest, like we're dealing with smoke and mirrors. You know, film is is lies. It's built on you know fake sets and 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 actors. So all of us together, just having that north star. Let's be really straight up and have a lot of fun and try and make sense of just. How, how crazy life can get. I want to talk about 13 Reasons on Netflix mm, because uh, we were talking about this yesterday and over the past couple of days, and a lot of people are saying that this movie is probably harmful. or they, I call it a movie, but it, it is a series. But now our Netflix shows are sort of, we, we binge watch them, so they're like really long movies. How it could be irresponsible for kids that are vulnerable. I want to get your take on how much responsibility as a filmmaker you think you have to an audience. It's controversial, and I've started watching the series, and it's pretty dark. Um, David Ray is my guest right now. He is the director, writer, producer of a new film called Grand Unified Theory. And Dave, uh, what responsibility does a filmmaker have to their audience in the way the story affects the audience? Because that's pretty much the, the controversy that this is way too much too soon for a vulnerable teen. It's interesting. And I think specifically it's the uh, suicide in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and the creators are saying, you know, we, we want to be straight up and show it. And um, critics are saying you show it, it's, you glamorize it. Um, the kids are going to watch it, so uh, you can you can create all the ratings you want. They're going to check it out. Um, as an artist, I think you have a responsibility to tell the truth, uh, and then the audience, you know, they they can do with it as they wish, you know. And if you got kids going through this sort of trouble, which most do, in my experience. The worst thing you can do is try and shut it down, shut down that dialogue. And it's not so much that they're watching. I think you got to watch it. Yeah, you got to bring it up with them because they're not going to come and burst into your your, uh, your study and say, "Hey, by the way, I'm kind of confused about anything." Because that's the, you know, I remember being a teen, and I certainly exactly. wasn't reaching out for my parents. You know, the films, the high school films that we had back in the day, John Hughes films, they might deal with some heavy con- content like uh, domestic abuse, or you know, the elephant lamp not working, or parental pressure, or peer pressure. But it, it always seems lighter than this uh, subject matter. Do you think uh, teens are dealing with more now? Well, I think, you know, it's so accessible. It's way out there. I think John Hughes was pretty cutting edge at the time. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's kind of famous for listening to the music that his, his actors were listening to and putting that in soundtrack. So, but I just think, I think that was hard back then. And now it's, there's so much out there. And, you know, as an artist or whatever, you know, storyteller, you got to, you got to listen. You know, it's a dialogue. It's not, and if you want to um, make something vital, you got it's got to be honest. And now more than ever, I think it's easier to do that because all that stuff is out there. They're going to get it somewhere. Right. So why not get into it? You know, you have more sources to draw from now. Yeah. There's more stories to tell. There's more conversation to have because it's going nonstop 24 seven, whether it be, you know, verbally or online. Yeah. And, and the one thing that hasn't changed is, is pain and, you know, depression and confusion and peer pressure and all that sort of stuff. That stuff's just as real as ever. And um, now we have an opportunity to, you know, to speak openly about it. It's awesome. I want to speak openly about Grand uh, Unified Theory. It's a film you uh, produced, wrote, directed, uh, did it. You know, there was a big crew. Uh, it's a big deal. It's going to be playing at the Cineplex, uh, Cineplex Young and Egg and Dundas. Uh, on Saturday at 7 o'clock, and that's tomorrow. And if you want to go see it, what does that mean, Dave? If you sell tickets, be very honest about Ah, this. We're an independent film, so, you know, we're not a big studio. So, 
just for Cineplex to give us a chance is, is pretty tremendous. And it's kind of a new paradigm, I think. It's like similar to the music industry where all of a sudden you can content creators can get to to an audience. Yeah, a big so, audience. It's massive. So if people show up, then we get to, we get more screens. It's okay. Simple supply and demand thing. All right. So if people don't show up, you get one screening <laughs> and then, hey, have yeah. a great time in Vancouver. <laughs> That's right. And then we go back. And try and get a job with studio, which you know, not to knock studios. Don't get me wrong. The um, yeah, it's it's a huge opportunity, and 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 we had a lot of fun with it too. I mean, we're trying to deal with real real stuff, you know, real challenges from all walks of life. But at the same time, you know, try try and be playful about it too. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate having you on the show. I wish you the best of luck with the Thanks, Grand Holly. Unified Theory. Pleasure having you here. <laughs>